Welcome to Elevating La Cultura podcast, a space where I talk with Latinas who are passionate about what they do and are willing to share their passion with others to change the narrative, especially for the next generation. Each season is centered around different topics, but all with the Latina perspective. This is season five and is going to be a little different. It's going to be a mini season with only six episodes and they will all be solo cast where I dive a little deeper into sharing my own story. I'm so excited to share more about what has brought me to creating this space. So vamonos and let's get into it. Hola and welcome to another week of season five where I'm doing a deep dive into sharing my story and what has brought me here to creating this podcast and cultivating this community. Last week I shared about how my identity as a Mexican-American has shifted throughout my life and today I'm talking about my marriage and the nuances I face married to a white man. I will say that I'm grateful for the relationship I have with my husband. We've grown a lot in our 13 years of marriage, and he is now able to provide a safe space for me to be who I am, vent about racism, and be an ally for me and my children. But getting to this place was a bit of work. I had a lot of growing to do in my own conditioned beliefs about a partner. If you listened to the first episode this season, you heard that I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood, went to predominantly white schools, and in recent years realized that, in fact, I had been conditioned to date white. I didn't realize it at first, but I would hear negative comments if I would date anyone Mexicano or any other race. I mean, they were backhanded, discreet comments, but as I processed through the patterns in my life, I realized they made an impact because looking back on my exes, I only dated white boys. It's not something I'm super proud to share, but I think it's important to talk about how racism is all around and racist ideas are passed down to the next generation and we have to be the ones to stop it and call it out so it doesn't continue. I dated one of my good friends in high school. We dated on and off for most of our high school life. He went to a different school. I went to a public school and he attended a private Christian school. I was close to his family. I enjoyed going over for dinner and enjoyed spending time with them. But looking back on that time, I remember I heavily code switched. I was so proper and nice. I actually cringe thinking back on how much I tried to be viewed as worthy. I remember before I went to college, I think we had broken up, but his mother came to me and said, we had a meeting as a family and it would be okay if you married my son because your family are good Mexicans. I was shocked. I was so stunned, I didn't know what to say. Number one, because we weren't together and number two, I knew that was racist. She explained that her mother-in-law wouldn't be happy about it but it's okay because they loved me. I remember how unsafe I felt in that moment. I didn't have words to respond. I didn't know if I should take that as a compliment because she definitely meant it as one, but it didn't sit right in my gut. And obviously I've always remembered that statement. I wish I had pushed and asked her to explain what she meant. But I think at the time I was so uncomfortable that I just wanted to leave. However, I was also confused by my feelings because I had been trying so hard all that time to be seen as worthy, but hearing it said back to me that they in fact viewed me as worthy 
didn't really make me feel good, especially because of how it was phrased. My value was compared to my proximity to whiteness, and that is racist. As my relationships continued, I felt like I always had to prove that I was good enough. Even in my friendships, I remember racist comments and situations that have stuck with me. Like when I was at a friend's house and was asked to go to the garage because their parents were coming home and might be upset that I as a Mexican was in their house. I remember thinking, um, why would they be upset? I remember thinking, why am I even still here? I was with a group of friends, so I wasn't thinking that anything bad would happen to me necessarily, but I remember thinking, but I'm just like all of you. Why do I have to go outside? I had a whirlwind of emotions that I'm still processing now, because at the time I didn't feel safe or even know how to accept or process that situation. These are the situations and comments that have happened so much that they became normalized. Are there any situations or comments that are coming up for you as you listen that have made you feel the same or have become normalized for you but are now having to navigate through in your adulthood? I had another serious relationship in college. He was a mess, but I got along with his family well. He was white and his comments would always compare me to whiteness or at least he placed preconceived ideas on what he thought dating a Mexican should be like and would comment on when I didn't meet those expectations. Toxic and racist. My last serious relationship was to my husband, and it started similar to my first relationship. I code-switched hard because I wanted to be seen as worthy. I was introduced to new things, phrases, foods, etc. And I was a nice girl. I also grew close to his family, but I remember the quote-unquote, you're a good Mexican phrase, and it weighed heavy on me and how I presented myself. They met my family and got along well. So I ignored all the random ignorant comments that would occasionally slip out because it's what I was used to doing. At the time, my husband too would shake his head or not even realize it. Now, after growing to the point of feeling safe with him, to point it out, he will definitely say something. It's taken a lot of hard but open conversations to get to this point, but I'm grateful we are both doing the work in our own lives for the sake of our children and the future. When I got married, I decided I wanted my husband to meet my family in Mexico, so for our honeymoon, we went to Mexico with my parents. We laugh about it now that my parents came on our honeymoon, but it was super important for him to meet my family. At the time, my father wasn't super happy I was married, and actually it took my father a long time to accept my husband. It wasn't until I was pregnant with my first that I think he finally was okay with me being married. You remember from a few episodes ago that I mentioned that at the time we both worked for my father, and even up until before I had my daughter, my father was kind of iffy about me being married. I guess it's that role of the eldest daughter I don't know if anyone has read the book, Like Water for Chocolate, but it kind of reminds me of that book. If you haven't read it yet, you should. It's pretty good. Anyway, I don't think my father recognized my role as a wife or even the fact that I was married until I was pregnant with my first. Then he started to warm up to my husband. They started to become friends. It was like my value, my worth was now as a mother. 
there were also comments about, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if your kids had blue eyes or light brown hair with your tan skin? Again, my value as a mother and now my children were our proximity to whiteness. It was annoying, but at the time I was naive and still navigating my feelings and trying to maneuver through the microaggressions from the people closest to me. It's funny how even now my family will comment about how my children look more like my husband's family and his family comments how they look like me. It's giving very much colorism vibes, which is something that I've been sensitive to my whole life. It's this ingrained ideology that our proximity to whiteness will give us more value. And I've made a purpose to stop that way of thinking. It doesn't serve me as a Mexican-American, it doesn't serve my husband, and it definitely doesn't serve my children who have to navigate their own identity as biracial. I've had to set boundaries with my parents about how they speak about me or my kids. Do they always honor it? No, but I also teach my kids to advocate for themselves if they don't like a comment or if they hear a negative comment. The important thing is that I'm making an effort to set boundaries to create change for me and my kids. In the past four years, my husband has been a great support for our family as we navigate a more hostile political climate. When we were first married, he was ignorant to comments that I took personally or even considered racist, or situations that I encountered when I was in a predominantly white space, specifically in churches that were purposely not giving me opportunities or I wasn't being heard. In the past years, I've been able to slowly open up and talk about specific situations where I didn't feel safe, or I can point out that I wasn't given an opportunity or space to speak freely. He has been more aware of that and has been able to support me through that healing. He has also done a lot of realization and listening as it pertains to his role as a white male in this country. He has fully leaned into the Mexican culture and even into shifting cultural norms as it pertains to roles in the home. He does most of the cooking and really loves cooking Mexican food. I've taught him a few things and then just let him take it from there. See, I don't like cooking, but I enjoy when he cooks Mexican food. And if you follow me on TikTok, sometimes I feature him in some TikToks and you can get a glimpse into the silliness of our relationship. I enjoy when he travels to Mexico. He started traveling to Mexico with my father every year. They go during Semana Santa to do a two-day walk to Talpa. They leave from Guadalajara and walk many, many, many miles to Talpa. He has a great time connecting with my father's friends and learning more and more Spanish. I also love how he's willing to eat anything. He is adventurous when it comes to eating. This is special because I'm always grateful for time I get to spend with my father. So when he is able to, I get excited for them as well. My father has come a long way from barely looking at my husband to planning fun trips for them to Mexico. We also just spent two weeks in Mexico over the holidays, and it was truly an amazing time to be in Mexico again with him and the kids. After two years of not traveling together, it was nice to spend time just enjoying Mexico. It's some of my kids' favorite time, and it's so important for us to prioritize trips to Mexico as a family. I'm going to talk more about my role as a mom raising biracial kids in the next episode but I want to vocalize the biases I grew up with. 
I would already feel othered and not accepted into white spaces, and it was perpetuated when I was encouraged to date people who were white or Christian. And then when I did, I tried my hardest to be accepted, to be valued. I share because others might have similar experiences. We're in this process of trying to undo all the damage that was done to our self-image because of these ideas that our value is based on our proximity to whiteness. We can see now how harmful that thinking is. And if you can relate, you're not alone. And we can for sure change that narrative in our own lives, for our kids' lives, and even be vocal about it with the generation before us, whether they want to hear it or not. Pero it's got to stop with us. So, have you been willing to have hard conversations with those around you about problematic ideas that have been weaved into everyday life? Every day, I'm hopeful that this is happening. But if we want to have a more inclusive and safe space for our kids to grow up in, we need to be willing to have those conversations where we call out comments and ways of thinking that are not serving the purpose of providing that safe space. We also need to be checking on our own lives where we have conditioned ideologies that we need to change as well. It starts with us, then extends to our homes, and then even further. Again, I know this is hard work. It takes time to make the assessments, to think through it all, and then to form the words to have the conversations. But that's why it's so important to have a community of friends and voices who will inspire around you so that you can feel supported. And if you don't have that, send me a DM on Instagram or an email or anything because you can find that community here. Speaking of community, I'm also excited to share our first in-person one-day event called Cultura Presente Celebra Tus Raices. We are going to do a deep dive on the effects that assimilation may have had on you and recognize our cultural strength and how we can put strategies in place to reverse that way of thinking. I'm so grateful for the community I have now. I've truly been inspired by this whole brand I'm creating that is for us, where you can feel safe being yourself. Shout out to my partner Sandy from Beauty Queens and collaborators Izzy and Daisy from the Hablando Claro podcast and our host location, Neuro Yoga Institute. Get all the info at elevatinglacultura.com slash events. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss an episode when it goes live. I also encourage you to share with others because the more people we have talking about our stories as Latinas living in the U.S., the easier it will be to make a collective change for a better future. There will be a new episode every Tuesday, so after you listen, feel free to take a screenshot to post on Instagram and tag at Elevating La Cultura or send me a DM. You can also comment on our YouTube video if you're watching online. I always like to hear from people and how they resonate with the stories that I share. So leave a review on Apple Podcasts so we can get more ears listening to these stories and we can continue elevating La Cultura. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening. Y nos vemos next week. Bye.